Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Regen Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm here with a special guest, Sophie Barker. How are you doing, Sophie? Hi. I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. That's no problem at all. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get into motorsport and um, what you do and what draws you to the paddock? So um, I'm 16. I'm 17 in three weeks. And so really I do a lot of PR, media, some journalism, mostly in the British Touring Car Paddock with um, Red Clear Cup. I used to do a bit with um, British Formula 4 and the drivers who were on their way up to Formula 1. Um, so the paddock is just, it's so nice. It's really like a family mentality. So everyone knows everyone and it's really, you really do end up getting quite drawn into it and you, you really don't want to leave once you turn up for race weekends. Um, in terms of Getting involved in racing, my dad used to race carts and rally cars when he was 13, so around about when he was um, mid to late 20s. So I've had a lot of stories in the paddock and I've been brought up around racing and um, he's always been really interested in Formula One. He loves Formula E, so yeah. Brilliant. And so with the karting, um, has that been a lot of traveling or well he stopped the karting before he turned 20 and he did it as well over here we have a british schools karting championship he did it as the rather old-fashioned version of that because he was um three times champion from 94 um 95 and 96 in three different categories oh wow oh that's really cool nice very, very cool. Your family and friends watch quite a bit of motorsport then. Um, any particular series? Um, really only my dad watches it. My mum's been to Silverstone for Formula One, but they're not really interested on the level that I am. I mean, my dad will watch pretty much every series there is, but um, a lot of my friends aren't actually that interested. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same, I think. Um... I think Nath is the only person that I know, apart from my parents, who um big big supercar fans who actually watch motorsport or even know about Formula E. So it's kind of cool that they actually are a little bit invested in it, I guess. So moving to Formula E, which is what we mainly focus on on the Region Racing Podcast, are you going to be attending or plan to attend any of those races this year um yes i'm planning on going to the paris e-prix which would be my first actual formula e race because i did uh the day at testing at donnington in 2016 but obviously because we haven't had a, a british e-prix in about two years now i haven't actually been able to attend anything and i'm also hoping to maybe do berlin as well that's really cool I saw a picture of you, um, it might have been on social media or um, on your website, I can't remember which, but had a picture with um, Felix Rosenquist and a few others. How cool was that? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, the whole day at Donington was insane. There was just so much. It, w- it was so open and you, you were able to 
talk to the drivers with no problems and I walk past John Eric Bear and getting a burger from one of the stands and it's such a good way of just showing that they're also human and that they aren't you know these superhero athletes that we shouldn't be talking to during a day or anything yeah I guess a lot of people do put them on a pedestal but um yeah I think same as celebrities they just want to want to live their life and you know this is what they do for a job it's um it's interesting so formula e season four do you have a favorite team um and any i guess favorite drivers um or tracks so pretty much since the first race i have been um a pretty big daniel app and app Audi fan that has stayed exactly as that since the first season and i'm a pretty Big fan of Berlin Tempelhof. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite a quite a wide track as well. A lot of overtaking, and you can I think this year there was cars like three and four wide going into the big sweeping corner, or the hairpin. I can't remember which one, but it was it was really really cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And what do you think of the new Audi car? I, I love it. As soon as the whole concept for the Gen 2 car came out, I was in love with it. I think it's integrated the halo so nicely and it makes everything just look so much more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I think, you know, with the Formula 1 cars, it looks a bit bolted on, whereas it's been designed around it and it, it just looks it looks sleek. The livery, I think, got revealed today or yesterday for Audi. I, I love it. I think it's even better than what they had season four for the Gen 1 car. It just, it's amazing. Have you seen it? Um, Yeah, I have. I think it looks so futuristic. Yeah. I think I quite like the um, the BMW Andretti one with the blue and white that's kind of different on both sides. It kind of mirrors. Yeah, yeah. That's really, really cool. Very good. We are obviously big Mitch Evans fans. Um. But I, I quite like Luca Filippi, and it was unfortunate to see him lose his drive. Um, who would you like to see in that seat, or I mean, who would you like to see in the series? That's a very interesting one, but I think um, maybe Stoffel Van Dorn or Esteban Ocon, if they're not able to get Formula One drives, I think they would fit really well into the series. It would be cool. Virgin Racing if he was partnering Sam Bird I think I think they'd work really well together I also had a little bit of a hope that Oliver Turvey would get the Virgin Racing drive just to just to see what he could do (laughs) so Sophie what do you think about the new Formula E um, season 5 regulations do you think they'll help with the racing or are you a bit on the fence with them taking out pit stops and other bits and pieces I'm a little bit on the fence about it because as much as I enjoy Formula E, quite a lot of it can come off as gimmicky and I I can understand it does appeal to a wider audience, but it's going to be quite interesting to see, especially the new drivers, try and make a car last right the way until the end because normally they'll be the best into the pit stops and I think it'll be quite 
interesting just to see where the new regulations are actually going to take the series. Yeah, I'm a bit gutted actually about um, the timed races. I actually like to see a lap counter. I'm not sure how they're gonna how they're gonna do that. Um, so the race length is 45 minutes now, so it's it's going to be a bit different having the cars just. It's going to be the ultimate test in energy and saving it for the last lap. What do you think about that as opposed to a lap counter? I'm with you on that one. I definitely prefer a lap counter because I think it's it's more helpful for viewers as well, especially new viewers. So, you know, and even for journalists and anyone who's trying to work out, you know, the estimated lap that everyone will pit and things like that. Yeah, I'm very much in favour of it being a team sport. And I think it takes away from having pit stops. You know, you've got to have the team involved. And I think it's a bit more behind the scenes and the emphasis is a bit more on the driver, unfortunately. Which, I mean, in, in some ways is good, but I I do like it as a team sport and I do like the pit stops in Formula One. Um, and I like all the strategic calls and other things that go on as well. So we will see how it's implemented, but yeah, I, I've i got my reservations. Yeah, The system that they're dubbing Hyperboost, um, or Mario Kart mode, have you played Mario Kart before? I have, yeah. Yeah? And Crash Team Racing? No. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out if I had or not. Yeah. Uh, Who's your favourite character in Mario Kart? Ooh. Are you a Bowser or a Princess Peach? Tends to swing more towards dry burns. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, very good. The hyperboost mode in which drivers will receive an additional 25 kilowatts of power by driving through a designated area of the circuit or off the racing line. This one... A little bit interesting, the duration of the boost mode and the number of boosts available will be decided in advance of a race. So every race is going to be different depending on the layout and length. How do you think they're going to incorporate this one? I like it, but it's kind of, people have been talking about it as a joker lap or or something of the like. Thoughts on this? It's quite an interesting idea and I think a lot of it is just Formula E trying to break the mould and be a different and more defining series and I do think like I said it's coming across as a little bit gimmicky but I think it could work but it's going to take a little bit of, of warming too for me yeah I think as the viewer you'll need to you'll need to know pretty clearly who's got the boost and there's a lot more to track as well I mean yeah there's a lot more information to keep track of I guess um, as a viewer, and it might, hopefully won't, alienate new people to the formula. This one I'm not a big fan of. Drivers will no longer be awarded a point for the fastest lap. A bonus point will instead be awarded to the driver who drove the most power-efficient race. What does that mean? <laughs> I guess it's crossing the line with the most power remaining, or it doesn't really go into it too far. Yeah. It's very vague. I still think there should be a faster slap point. Yeah, I feel like that kind of takes away from the new drivers as well because they're going to have to take a lot of time to get used to the energy management and 
in the past they might have been able to get at least one point by having fastest lap. Yeah, I think Alex Lynn got polled in his first race. I mean, if if you can be fast, then you can score points. But yeah, like you said, it's going to take a while for some of them for sure. Just on that, how do you think Felipe Massa will do? Um, I think like any new driver's Formula Eight, it's going to take him a while to get used to it. He was in Formula One for many many years, and so he's got more of a Formula One mindset of as fast as you can and in Formula E sometimes being the fastest isn't the best strategy so I think he'll be good but I'm not banking on him being the best. And um, were you impressed with Eduardo Mortara last season? Definitely I mean for for a first season to be doing so had to be so high up the grid I think was pretty pretty good for him yeah yeah continuing to talk about venturi in the next question um in the last podcast nathan and i talked about the the testing structure the day after the inaugural Riyadh epri what are your thoughts on um getting more exposure for women in motorsport and particularly drivers i'm a member of dare to be different which is susie wolf's initiative to get more women in any roles in racing so I'm all for having more exposure to women in racing roles however I don't think the whole way that they're going around trying to get more women into the testing roles um, is the best it does kind of come across as a little bit forceful and right almost in a way like i don't overly know how to explain it but almost like you have to do this if you want more testing sort of thing i don't think it's going to come across that brilliantly because it does almost feel like bribery towards towards getting more women in your cars yeah for sure um, so several female racers are going to be testing on December the 16th, which is the day after the Formula E Championship season opener, um, and being incentivized. so the teams are being incentivized um, by offering a second entry into the six hours of testing should they confirm a female driver in one of their seats. So Susie Wolf has also alluded to a female driver being part of the Venturi squad in a full-time role in the near future. I think that's quite cool. Um, we talked a little bit about Tatiana Calderon um, being the Sauber test driver or development driver. I'm not sure which one of those she is, but there was something on something on Reddit saying that to be a test driver like that, you'd need to pay them a lot of money and you would only be sitting in a simulator. I think it would be really cool for them to, you know, to get out and get some actual testing experience with, with different teams and a different formula. What do you think about that? I I really agree, yeah. And I mean, in the first season of Formula E, we did have female drivers, and since then it has dropped off a little bit. But I do think anywhere to um, incorporate more women into racing roles in a series such as Formula E is definitely definitely a good a good thing cool 
I quite like Susie Wolf actually. I think that was a really good appointment by Venturi. And um, if she's anything like Toto, she'll she'll definitely be able to to control the team quite well. So Sophie, how can uh, how can the listeners get in touch with you? So um, Twitter, website, where where can they find all your work? All my writing and any of my um, work can be found on surfyonmotorsport.wordpress.com. Twitter. And um, my Twitter is surfonmsport. Brilliant. Are you doing much in the way of keeping up with the Formula E news, with the reveals and different driver movements these days? I am, yeah, because I'm uh, writing a bit for Formula E and I'm doing a lot of the research. I actually got invited to um, Naya's reveal as well. So, thank you very much for listening, everyone, and thank you, Sophie, for the awesome interview and a, a bit of background into what you do and, and what life is like over, um, over in England and being able to get in the paddock. And Yeah, thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks. Um, I'm sure we'll have to get you on again and, and get some get some insight into what the Paris and Berlin E-Prix is like next year. Okay, thanks everyone. See ya.